0: Welcome back to the Time to Soar podcast I'm your co-host Rasheen and I'm your co-host Adam and this is our Christmas special episode where me and Adam will be discussing two Christmas uh, philosophical uh, philosophical topics and our special guest will be uh, discussing and giving his opinions on the World Cup. Joining us today in studio is Sen O'Connor.
1: Hi I'm Sen.
0: Um, Before we get into our topics we would like to play, um, I wish it could be Christmas every day by Wizard. That was I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day by Wizard. Now, if you didn't know this, um, we will be playing uh, music at our topic intervals throughout the podcast. So we will be playing old music, new music and music chosen by you. To start off our Christmas special, we have my co-host, Adam, who will be discussing the topic of should non-Christians be allowed to celebrate Christmas? Yes. So this is a philosoph- is a philosophical question.
2: So, um, I'd like to start off by saying, what is Christmas really? Well, at its core, Christmas is the Christian celebration of the birth of baby Jesus on the 25th of December. But if we look at modern day Christmas, it is a lot more than that. It is Santa Claus coming, which is essentially an invention of capitalism. The Santa Claus bringing presents to everybody. So, um, we will be discussing is santa claus and is getting the christmas tree and is all that having the christmas dinner is that should that be part of christianity only or should everyone be allowed to celebrate this so um i'd like to start off by saying santa is was originally saint nicholas who was in the saint who's in the holy city of mira in turkey and saint nicholas uh, was a saint because he gave out Uh, toys to the poor of the city and I would like to make my first argument by saying that he did not give um, toys to only Christian children because the city was full of, full of religions as Turkey is basically at the center of Europe, Asia and Africa and essentially Christianity and Islam. So there are many different religions in Turkey at the moment and there was back then and I don't think Saint Nicholas would would refrain from giving uh, presents to muslim children and only give it to Christianity christian children i don't think that's something a saint would do so if we look at modern day santa claus is marketed to give presents to everyone and you know to anyone everyone at any time even if your country's at war you'll still get presents even if you're really poor you'll get presents even if you're really rich you'll get presents Wherever you are, if you're in Japan or America, you will always get presents. And that's how it is marketed, to be a universal thing, not a Christian thing.
0: Um, so i just like to say, I think in comparison to the other religions, well, the other four major world religions, Christianity is the, le- the least strict on its religious disciplines. I think most people could agree on that. Um, like, obviously, you can be a devoted Christian, but just in its baseline. And I think, in a sense, that, um, Christmas was, uh, like, you know, it's, it's celebrating the birth of baby Jesus, but in a lot of the ways for Christian children, it's, it's just for toys and Santa, and it's, I think it could be intended as a way for young children to enjoy celebrating their religion, young Christian children. But I think, because the religion is, like, less strict, I suppose, on its disciples, um, the meaning of Christmas in a religious Christian way has lost a bit of its focus and meaning. So there there would be less prayer, more focus on presents, the dinner. Like It's obviously about family, and religion is what you make it to be. But I think if it were to be another religion, I'm not sure if it would be marketed, to, marketed towards everyone. But since Christianity is the most open religion, it kind of gets that quality.
1: So going back to what you were saying earlier... Christianity is more of a, a festival than celebrating the birth of Jesus. I mean, not Christianity, Christmas. Yeah. So you're saying that, like, all this stuff is just kind of packed into a hybrid with the birth of Jesus to create Christmas yeah. as we know it.
2: Uh, yes. Yeah, so if you look at other aspects of Christmas, there are a lot of pagan traditions employed, such as the Christmas tree which we have all over the world now, but that originated um, in Germany, right? And that was a pagan tradition to bring a tree into the house and decorate it. But that is now an essential part of Christmas. Like, who would imagine Christmas without a Christmas tree?
0: Um, another thing that is uh, you can see about the, the real openness about Christianity is that Christians and pagans don't exactly have the most peaceful history, I would say and um the fact that they adopted one of their traditions you know shows that it they aren't really that dedicated well they they are dedicated but christmas christmas isn't that dedicated it's it's not just solely dedicated to um
1: birth of Jesus
0: jesus and and their religion which is what a lot of um other um religions do um for their for their um holidays so i i think I think since it it really isn't focused on a lot of Christian things, I think it should, I think, basically, I'm not saying it should be open to other religions, but I think there's no way you can't, because, like, they're not explicitly doing anything Christian. They put up a tree, which is a pagan tradition, to pass presents, any any human who can buy presents can do that. There's nothing explicitly Christian about it. You can pray, you can go to Christmas Mass, but that's about it.
3: Mm.
2: Well, I'd like to argue slightly against your point, but Christianity did not adopt the Christmas tree, but it was more so capitalism and marketing that adopted the Christmas tree. And the exact same thing with Santa Claus. You know, Santa Claus did not exist before the 1900s. But um, a good example of it it would be um, the Coca-Cola truck was the thing that popularized the Santa, the big fat Santa in the red suit. That was never like that was it was never in Christianity it was never in paganism it was from Coca Cola big red fat jolly man and that's what's popularized now and I think it's similar with the Christmas tree and I don't think Christianity can really control what happens at Christmas anymore because you know they can't control
0: capitalism. Just going off that, well, I what I what I mean is the heart of the holiday is the heart of the holiday is Christian. But what does that matter if you're celebrating in like, nothing is explicit, like, they don't, there isn't a time where you're explicitly supposed to pray. You can go to mass, as I said, but, like, what about it is Christian, really? The tree? Like, the tree, a lot of it, like you were saying, is adopted from capitalism, like, Coca-Cola popularized Santa. It's a good marketing decision, and it's, like, why would they market their product only to Christians, so Santa obviously isn't a Christian thing. They're not marketing their, like Coca-Cola is sold everywhere. So they, they're they not marketing to the only Christians. So really there isn't m- much things about Christmas that are Christian now. So how could you restrict people from celebrating it, is what I mean. I think
1: you could say Christian festivals, uh, specifically Christmas and Easter, are a lot more globalised, like anyone can really celebrate christmas and easter without including christianity they're more diverse more versatile like you can't celebrate let's say eid as much if you're say a hindu or a sikh and like you know you like i wouldn't even have heard of like what the jewish festivals are about christianity's festivals just seem to have globally skyrocketed so could you really call them a Christian celebration at this stage in time
2: yeah I think I'd agree with that they're not really that much Christian anymore but I think the way Christianity is spread or the way that Christmas is spread is maybe you know it's kind of mirrors the Christian image which is you know you should be accepted, accepted you should accept everyone and your God will be accepted of you that is really the the Christian message. It's very open, as we've said, you know. And that is why I think that, I personally think that people of other religions can celebrate Christmas because it's not really the thing it was hundreds of years ago where only Christians celebrated. It's very different. And it's, you know, it's been popularized in the media, like with Christmas movies, Christmas songs. You can't avoid Christmas. And it's grown past Christianity. In fact, you could even say more people practice, I would definitely, you could say more people practice Christmas than people practice Christianity, even in a secular, you know, even a secular version of Christianity. And that's, it's just overtaken Christianity. I don't think you can really control it anymore. So I would say yes. Yes, That that's the answer to the question. I
0: would say you can let people of all religions celebrate Christianity. Yeah, I mean... N- there, yeah, I feel like if you were to question, let's say, um, an atheist who celebrates Christmas and a Christian who celebrates Christmas, what do you think their responses would be if you were to ask them, like, why do you put up the tree? Why do you give each other presents? Now, the Chris- the Christian is obviously going to say, oh, well, we do all this because of the birth of baby Jesus. It's how we celebrate, it's how we celebrate the birth of our, um, Messiah, but, um, It like None of that is related to it. I mean, you could argue that the presents tie back into the three wise men gifting Jesus on his birth. But that that could just be more of a birthday present type of thing. So, um, really, and and if you are to ask the atheists, oh, it's how we celebrate the holiday season. It's
1: all about the spirit. Yeah, it's all
0: about the spirit. But no one says, it's all about the spirit of Christmas. No one says, it's about the spirit of Christianity. In a way, Christi- Christmas is separated from Christianity now. Like, um, even no, I, I, I would be willing to think that a lot of people don't know that the name comes from Christ. Hmm. Or even yeah. Christianity. They could just think it's an unrelated topic. But I think that's all we all have to say about... Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: so the last point would be, if we look back to Santa Claus's roots, maybe what popularized Christmas is, St. Nicholas gave presents to all poor children, not just those of Christianity, accepting all into christmas so stay tuned for more was Underneath the Tree by Kelly Clarkson, and that was requested by one of her first viewers, Salsa Boy. Um, I hope you enjoyed that one. So next up, we have our guest, our very, very special guest, Senan O'Connor, on the World Cup.
1: Hi. So I am going to be doing a short piece about my personal team of the tournament. And if you have any objections or suggestions for this team, uh. Please feel welcome to leave them down in the comments below.
0: Yeah, we value your opinions.
1: So, in goal, I've gone with Yassine Bono of Morocco. Uh, So, up until the semi-finals, he conceded one goal, which was an own goal, across the tournament in five games. Playing Croatia, Portugal, Spain and Belgium in this period. Uh, he saved three penalties against Spain in a penalty shootout in the round of 16. Quite a feat. And Morocco as a whole were extremely impressive this World Cup. They're really strong defensively and great at striking on the counter-attack. Uh,
2: well, I might be pretty um, oblivious on this, but I've never heard of Morocco doing well in any World Cup. And what is the best they've ever done?
1: Well, the best an African team has done as a whole is the quarterfinals of the World Cup. And Morocco went and took that extra step to the semi finals, which is insanely impressive, considering that the semi finals was their manager's eighth game in charge, including the rest of the tournament. Wow. So there's quite a few Moroccos, Moroccans in this starting 11. So for the centre back partnership, I've gone with Josko Gvardia of Croatia and Nicolas Otamendi of Argentina. So, Gvardiol, he made 37 clearances from his own half across the World Cup, making it to the semi-finals and to third place with Croatia. And a fun fact is he actually entered the tournament with a broken nose and played all games with a face mask. Nicholas Sosemendi of Argentina. So. He managed to start and play every single minute of Argentina's triumph at the World Cup at 34 years old. I think that alone speaks for itself. He was a rock at the back for a player who's considered to be almost retired. So at right back, I've gone for Ashraf Hakimi of Morocco. So he scored the winning penalty against Spain and did it extremely coolly, choosing to chip it calmly down the middle. And he completed the most tackles in the tournament, which is quite a feat for an attacking right-back with 26. At left-back, I've gone for Theo Hernandez. Now, the interesting thing about him is that he actually replaced his older brother, Lucas, for France at left-back after 10 minutes in the first match after Lucas tore muscles in his ACL. And he, scored the, he was the first player to score against morocco in this world cup tournament in the semi-finals in central defensive midfield i've gone with safian amrabat another moroccan his value has actually doubled from 20 to 40 million since the tournament began and he's completed 143 successful passes with an 87 percent success rate
0: um if i may ask in your opinion, do you think obviously Morocco didn't win the World Cup, but in your opinion, considering their circumstances is like not a fabled not to be a fabledly great team, yeah. would you consider their performance to be one of the best in the World
1: Cup? Yes, it was absolutely outstanding. Especially considering a new manager came in, made a big change in tactics. So yes, I'd say this is one of the greatest feats and stories in world cup history and so i've gone with two central midfielders enzo fernandez and antoine griezmann so enzo fernandez of argentina went all the way with argentina he actually scored a crucial goal against mexico in the group stage to save argentina from going falling out of the tournament in the group stage after they lost to saudi arabia
0: So essentially they couldn't have won without
1: him. Yeah. And he also won Young Player of the Tournament.
2: And do you think Argentina, obviously they played very well, but do you think, uh, not only in the final, but to the whole World Cup, do you think they deserved to be in the final and to win?
1: I think they got very lucky. Uh, Especially against France and the Netherlands. Their biggest weakness was... So twice they went two goals up and conceded a goal and immediately collapsed later on in the game. This happened against both Netherlands and France and once that happened they inevitably conceded again and sent the game to extra time making it a lot closer and tougher on the team. And then for the other central midfielder I've gone for Antoine Griezmann and he's a very impressive player because French manager Didier Deschamps completely reinvented his role. Like, he used to play as a striker and now he's settled into a much deeper role in central midfield, which is a big switch and very daring from Deschamps. He, and he was joint highest assister during the tournament so he provided the most goals, basically. Then, on the left wing, I've gone with and Mbappe, which
0: probably... Yeah
1: he he probably makes 90% of these team of the tournaments.
0: Pretty self-explanatory.
1: Yeah. So, firstly, he won the Golden Boot, scoring seven goals across the tournament. He is the second player of all time to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final, and the first to do so and lose, after Geoff Hurst in 1966 with England. And he's got 12 total World Cup goals at 24. So he could hypothetically go for another 10 years, and the record for World Cup goals is 16. So he's played 14 World Cup games and has 12 goals. And then on the right wing, I've gone with Lino Messi, which also shouldn't come as much of a surprise. He was player of the tournament and has the most World Cup appearances in history, 26.
2: So obviously he's pretty old at this stage. And we can all agree that it wasn't his best performance. But do you think... He performed better than previous years.
1: Definitely. Considering that last year he scored five goals in 2022 as a year for PSG. Before the beginning of this season, he scored like more than that in the World Cup. He scored six across the tournament. And he played the joint most minutes at the World Cup as a 35-year-old. So even more impressive than his Argentinian teammate, Nicolas Atamendi. And then up front, I think, was probably the toughest choice because Julien Alvarez, who won it with Argentina, and Olivier Giroud of France, were both, they both scored the same amount of goals and had a similar output. They both scored four. Uh, but I picked Alvarez because I thought he's younger and he had more involvement with the team. So yeah, and that's my team, and for a bonus, I'd say a lot of people spotted in the picture of Messi after, as he lifted the trophy, had this black and gold robe on, and I did some digging and found out this is called a beast. it's a Qatari symbol of royalty or status or celebration, and so... What do you guys think of that? Do you think it's right that it should cover his shirt?
0: I think, like, in that glory position of just, like, the raw victory, he's obviously going to be, you know, tired, excited, you know. Mm. And I think the robe might have felt a bit unnecessary because he might, for one thing, it just might blotch the picture for him. I think he might want to look more, well, I think he might have preferred to look, you know, like, just like an average player who won the cup, and, and showing off his Argentinian jersey, his pride, you know? Yeah. And I just think he couldn't have really turned it down, which, like, I don't think is very fair, because if he did, if he turned that down in Qatar on national television, like, that's not a great yeah. right move.
1: <laughs> I think...
0: Well, yeah, the Qatari World Cup, I think is... We've
2: never had one quite like that. And the fact that it's, you know, the circumstances of all those stadiums being built and some of the controversial rules like no beer in the stadium and like we will never have something quite like that No. but i think you could call the rope the qataris trying to make their mark you know they did something and i you know i don't think he should have been forced to do it but i do think it was a good idea
0: yeah like they meant they meant very well like it was a symbol of royalty one
1: final point before we run out of time i think is that not what the world cup is all about showing culture and yeah. differences
0: if, if not they just have it in one select place over here
1: yeah so four years
0: i think that's all we have time for now Hang
4: on a mistletoe i'm gonna get to know you And as we trim the tree, how much fun is gonna be together? It's Christmas, the fireside's blazing by.
2: christmas by amelia moore now it is a cover version but it just dropped this week and i think it is worthy of the name of the song okay so for our final topic of the day we have our very own Oshin.
0: uh so i am going to be discussing uh the topic which sort of ties into adam's topic a bit but essentially does capitalism own christmas now from what we discussed earlier we can see that the soft drink company Coca-Cola um really made Santa like they gave him the red clothes fat man stereotype that all the children find as a comforting figure today you know and it's it was all it was like a marketing decision you know mall um why do you think like mall santas exist as a pretty well-paying job mostly in America I think But um, as, you know, because he's such a popular figure, uh, people will want to relate and enjoy with him, especially for young children.
1: And, I mean, if you're going to have someone sneaking into your house on Christmas night, you're going to want to familiarise yourself with him as a personality and an actual human being.
2: Uh, Yeah, and it is... It is a very good marketing decision, and um, because it's something that although as a child, you know it, you think it's magical, but it's not very hard to believe. You know well, where do these presents come from? Like if someone has to have provided it. Why not some mythical being that goes to every house, but spe- pays special attention to your house, eating your cookies, your carrot. You know, it's a very it's a very well thought out. Ploy.
0: So, so you know. It does good for improving the morale of the cold winter with Christmas. Now, obviously, um, like what we were saying earlier, you know, um, Christmas has has lost a lot of its Christian aspects, making it a lot about presents, um, you know, buying trees, presents. It's great, you know, once per year, you know, that's when the market's set up, shops will stock... stock up you know christmas trees will start start to be sold i mean it's an amazing cash grab and it's a really reliable one because people aren't going people are always going to need presents high demand it's it you know everywhere can offer most people can offer these things and it's worldwide um so you know it's it's very hard to a lot of people would argue that the christmas time is about spending time with your family. And I think most of the time that would be Christians saying that. But in most regards... um,
1: I think, in a way, it kind of... They use it, use family time as... I'm sorry, I'll move.
2: Well, I think the family time thing, well, obviously it's very nice to spend time with your family, but it mainly comes from, I think, like the vast, vast majority of people in, like, Ireland, for example, get at least two days off for Christmas Eve and Christmas, meaning you're kind of forced to spend time with your family, you know, you could be flying back to Ireland to see your family, it's, it's like a time off where you don't have to stress, well, most people, not doctors, but for the most part, you don't have to stress, you can just have fun with your family, and that's where the family thing comes from and I think I would I would think that that's what Christmas is about
0: um I think what does also well for the market is the fact that since Christmas is so heavily about presents a lot of people get stressed about presents and they will buy them buy them early late anytime you know you don't see people stressing like people stress about buying presents that's the one it's probably the one negative emotion that goes around during christmas yeah yeah. stress over parent presents stress that what you what you will buy um uh won't appeal for the person and all this does well for capitalism people being joyful buying presents people being stressed buying presents and like um people buying trees making sure it's a good tree you know
2: well that interestingly mirrors um kind of comforting aspect of meeting your family where it's a no stress time where you've got no work and then mirroring that stressful time by presents family might not like presents christmas is ruined
0: you know like there is i think all the aspects that we accept as our culturally as our cultural christmas where it's not very focused on christian teachings christian discipline Uh, none of it most of it makes money you know for example, farmers will stock up on livestock for ham, turkey, like even chicken, vegetables will be in high demand. And the three main aspects would probably be the tree, the presents, and the Christmas feast. And all of that people capitalize on. There's there's no factor in the modern cultural Christmas that people don't capitalize on. And people use Santa as a marketing decision, because people, you know, mall Santa's, you know... Um, mall centers can make up to like a thousand ju- ju- just during the month of december for like an hour a day um not a thousand dollars a day but like you know yeah over,
1: over the month uh, over
0: the month which might not seem great but for the job they're doing it's pretty good it's not that demanding it's
1: a great side
0: yeah hustle. it's
2: a great side hustle
0: um
2: so does that mean that the economy, like as you mentioned, farmers? Christmas is
0: great for the economy. Yeah, also.
2: farmers and shops, even deadbeats who show up as a mall center. You know, does the does the economy and do the public do they need Christmas not only to feel good about themselves but for money?
0: Yeah, I mean it also improves morale. You know, like it's a real... the economy need the economy is just it works well for everyone on Christmas really, um, even like demand for people who want to play out in the snow, because of the December Christmas spirit, you know, that does well for maybe wool manufacturers, you know, it does, it it does really well for everyone, even heating, um, companies, it, even, like, log manufacturers, like, along with the Christmas trees, for, like, the Christmas stereotype, chestnuts roasting over the fire, you know, fireplaces are big, it does, it, like, it does really well for children, and I think, it markets well toward Santa markets well towards adults and children like if if you present the the Santa on the the can of coke, the child will recognize a familiar comforting figure, be more likely to purchase it. Let's say if it's a child who is going out to buy a can of soda like do you think they're going to buy the Pepsi or like obviously aside from personal preference yeah yeah so there is kind of an element of familiarity with santa yeah a lot of uh, the question is is this a scummy a scummy thing to do to profit off of santa who's supposed to bring joy to the children and take it take advantage i suppose of their naive minds for money or is it a good thing to present them with a familiar figure who can provide them with entertainment and love i suppose that's the true question
1: I would say that if it brings joy to that many children and people around the world, something cannot be bad, surely? Yeah. If it's making maybe 2 billion people even more probably happy.
0: Probably 4, maybe around 4 billion.
1: Probably.
2: But I think Santa, in some ways, if you think about it... If you have children, you kind of need to comply with Santa. You need to have all the traditions, because if you don't buy... If Santa doesn't deliver the presents, you know, on Christmas Day, something's kind of wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And this child, why didn't Santa bring the presents? And what if you can't afford presents? What if, like, your budget for Christmas presents for your child is 100? It's just... While maybe some person down the street is is spending 400 euro worth of stuff on... This or other child, and how can Santa, you know, how can, he, how you know, how can people be expected to pay four hundred euro on one child, if that is maybe a standard that is beginning, you know, that is ex-
1: expected? I think the standard of presents is different for every family. Like one family may get like, a big Lego set and maybe a book, and another family will just get a book, and they'll have had that their entire lives, and they'll be pleased with that, because it's roughly what they usually get.
2: But from my experience, that causes quite a few serious problems, like, well, jealousy, but kids in my school were fighting, because one one boy got a PS3 for Christmas, and one guy got a PS4 for Christmas. And, you know, the guy with the PS4 made fun of the guy with the PS3, you got a PS3, and it caused a problem, because... The guy's parents, obviously, they can only afford to get a PS3. Well, uh, yeah,
0: go on. Um, but I think it's also... An aspect of it could be guilt from the parents. So let's say there's no one... Chris, It's not just expected of Christians to celebrate Christmas. Everyone does it. And let's say, hypothetically, a Muslim child goes into a school with mostly Christians, and they're all talking about their presents. That's not even just about the, Chris- the Christmas holiday being a Christian thing. That's just going to their mind. I didn't get presents and at, the year, at the time of year where everyone yeah. gets presents. So the parents might feel obliged to get them presents for their child's morale. Because that might ruin the month for them. You know, what's the point of Christmas spirit without presents? Because in reality, the spirit is created by anticipation and excitement. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's not about happiness for the month. It's about excitement of what is to come. And if the excitement doesn't deliver, well then there's no not. point in having a month. Yeah, of Christmas.
2: So, I think that's all we've got time for today. And um, look, we're really happy to have you join us for a Christmas special. It means a lot to us. We're very happy uh, that Sen could Thank make you. it here. Um, Thank you. You know, we hope to have you again and
1: look, I'd love to be here again.
0: So remember, the clock is burning. Because it's time for Timeless Sword. We'll see you in the next one after the Christmas holidays. Merry Christmas, bye.